devil in the details. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Devil in the Details, Salford Red Devils independent fan podcast with me, Rob Parkson. 100 up for the devil in the detail. We've had a great time so far and joining me on this week's show, we've got Paul Whiteside. All right, Paul? Hey, Rob, you all right, mate? How was the wedding? Hope you didn't bring anyone down after our defeat. I got a right cheer when I got there on Saturday night. The drive down there was a bit depressing after uh, after the cast game. Gutted on uh, on Saturday. But, yeah, no, we go again this week, don't we? We've got Saints on Friday, so uh, we're in there and we're back on track. Yeah, also joining us on the show this week, we've got Ryan Wilkinson. All right, Ryan? All right, Rob. How's it going? You OK? I'm very well, thank you. I think, uh, obviously, getting beaten, Castleford is a bit of a bit of blow, but looking forward to, to Saints on Friday. Oh, absolutely. I'm really looking forward to Saints. Cool. So what have we got on the show this week, Paul? We've got a review of the cast game. We've got the news. We've got an interview with Weller Araki. We've got the amateur news. We've got the rest of the Mike Kuhlman part two of his interview. And we've also got a preview of Friday night's fixture away at St. Helens. Cool. That's all we'll do. We'll, uh, we'll start with the news. So all the news from Salford Red Devils. But first, we'll talk about us. Our 100th podcast last week, Paul, you know, it's been great. We've enjoyed every one of them, haven't we? We certainly have. I mean, I've not done as many as you have, Rob, but, you know, I've enjoyed the ones I've been involved with and, you know, it's been it's been fantastic. It's great to talk about something that we love in it, Salford, and, uh, yeah, it's like a, a great passion of mine, Salford Rugby League, so it's great to just come on here and, and talk and talk about it and spread spread the word. Yeah, obviously, looking back, Ryan, we've had some great uh, interviews like Javandi Gregory and Matt Lee and... You know, players, old players giving, you know, their time up to come and talk about, you know, their time at Salford. Yeah, I really enjoy, you know, participating in the podcast. Uh, you know, it's great to hear all the players coming on and uh, long may it continue. I'm really proud to be part of the team. Yeah, yeah it is a big team effort. Um, you know, the likes of Dan doing the doing the Facebook and the Twitter. Um, you know, lots and lots of different people are involved, uh, you know, and it's not just the people on the mic. It's all about you as well, the listeners out there who share our podcast to all the other Salford Red Devils fans and you know all we can say is big thank you big thank you for coming on that journey with us for the last 100 podcasts and here's to the next uh, 100 boys so next bit of news uh, the club uh, have announced on Bank Holiday Monday uh, there's going to be a fans day uh, at the club Paul uh, you know it sounds really really impressive doesn't it yeah, it does. I've just seen that today on the, on the Facebook page. It sounds really good. Like they're going to have a, like an open training session there, so you can go and watch the players training. I think you'll have access to parts of the stadium, and the players will be there to sign autographs. And you know, it sounds really good. And uh, I'm not working that Monday, so I'll, I'll definitely be getting down there. Take me, take me little ones down with me, and it should be a really enjoyable day. Yeah, it's a similar thing they did in 2011 uh, at the Willows. That was a really great day as well, Ryan. It's really good that the club are, you know, getting involved in the community, trying to get. You know, more fans uh, involved in, in the club. Yeah, definitely. You took the words out of my mouth there. I was going to mention you know, the community aspect. And I think that's something really special about rugby league is, you know, how, how much of a close insight you can get. Like, you know, you won't get this in Premier League football, you know, going to a barbecue with the players. Or, you know, if you go down to the AJ Bell, if you're a new fan, you know, feel free. Just go and walk up to the offices. Uh, I probably shouldn't be saying that, but, you know, you can do get chatting to the staff. And, you know, you can literally have such a close relationship with the players uh, they're so approachable, whereas I just don't think you get that in other sports, and I think that's something we need to hold on to. Yeah, open training session for the players, so we can watch them train. Also, competitions, uh, which you can get involved in the longest kick, uh, the fastest fan. Um, you know, you're quite both fit. You know, you think you fancy any chances, uh, Paul, for the fastest fan? Oh, I don't know. I'm not too bad. I'm not like 
too old yet, but my knees are, are going a bit, so I've never really been the quickest anyway, but uh, I've got long legs, though, so, <laughs> so I could have a go. I could have been like a big spider running down a pitch, but no, I'll have a go. <laughs> yeah, you've got youth on your side, Ryan. You know, you, you could be our fastest fan. Well, uh, anyone who knows me pretty well knows how competitive I am. Uh, at the Magic Weekend last year, I did the Zorb Bowl with the Witness fan, and I won that, so uh, hopefully I'll be able to pass those uh, that experience onto the family fun day and uh, win some prizes. Is that a warning shot for everyone who, who fancies? Uh... Oh, yeah, I'll be backing myself for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so make sure you get down there on Bank Holiday Monday. It sounds like a really good event, um, and I'm sure lots of fans will go down and, and watch it. Uh, the next uh, bit of news the club have uh, brought out a, a new ticket deal, uh, the new Daredevil Pass, uh, which basically is two adults and two juniors uh, for the game. Uh, free uh, car parking, free car parking, a free match day program, a £10 food and drink voucher in the concourse, uh, all for £49 in the South Stand and £59 in the West Stand, Paul. You know, that's another fantastic, you know, plan for the club to, you know, try and uh, bring fans in. Yeah, that's that's a brilliant deal. That, you know, for, if you just take the South Stand alone, you know, £49 in there, I mean, it's about twenty, about £21 in there for an adult's ticket. So, you know, two of them's 42 quid. Plus, you get in your parking ticket as well which is roughly around about a five isn't it? and then you're getting 10 pounds worth of, worth of uh, pies and drinks and what have you that, that's a belting deal you know for, for new families who are going to try it try it out you know it's fantastic that and it's a good incentive from, from the club yeah they're, they're available for the wakefield game on the 27th of may and the wigan warriors game on the 3rd of june ryan you know two games there that you know we're hoping that fans will want to come down especially the wakefield one because it's a winnable one yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the Wigan one, you know, with that sort of prices, you know, I, I'd hope we can beat the crowd that we got last year. We had a, that was our best home crowd of the season, you know, six and a half thousand. So, you know, hopefully we'll get a nice bit of weather. You know, that's, you know, that's absolute value there. You know, £10 food deal and the car parking to me as well, that shows like there's a bit of more solidarity between the, between the club and the stadium management company, which I think is really important going forward because, Previously, you know, that wasn't a great relationship. So, you know, it's, uh, it's all positive and that's good to see. Yeah, you've got to please note, it says, that the ticket is not available on the day itself. So if you're going to buy this kind of this ticket, uh, you get yourself down before the game, you know, a week before or a couple of days before, uh, because obviously you're not, not available at the game. I suppose it prompts people to, to get down, uh, Paul, and, uh, you know, plan it in their, in their busy lives. Yeah, it certainly does, doesn't it? They're the Friday night games as well, aren't they? So... Uh... So, yeah, it's going to be busy and that, so you're going to have to like, make some uh, arrangements to get down there nice and early. But, you know, it's a fantastic offer and it, it's good because, you know, that Wakefield game might not be our biggest crowd of the season. I don't think Wakefield uh, bring the loads of supporters on a Friday night. So, if we can fill up the home stand, fill that west stand, fill that south stand, get a really good atmosphere, that's like a like an extra man for the players as well. So, uh, it'd be great to see some a big crowd there against Wakefield and Wigan. Yeah, uh, next bit of news, uh, Matt Sarsfield has joined Halifax on a month's loan uh, Ryan, you know, he's not really had much of a look in in the first team at Salford at the moment, but it'll be good to have a, you know, a month's experience at Halifax. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all that he's gone out on loan and, you know, Halifax is probably, you know, the perfect place for him to go, really. Um, you know, for me, he's not really started his career at Salford very well. You know, he knocks the ball on which, yeah, I don't want to say too much, but, you know, for me, he just needs to get some game time. Um, I think that'd be best for him, like, I don't, I don't really see much of a future from at Salford, to be honest. I just don't, I just can't see him improving. To, but you know, I hope he does. I really do. But I've not been that impressed with him at all, to be honest. So uh, yeah, I think he's best going out on loan. I suppose it gives them opportunity to, to get match fit and, and and then obviously come back in in a month's time and and, and see what we can do. Uh, Jordan Andre's uh, there at Halifax 
at the moment. Uh, and he scored two tries for their reserve side, and they beat seventy points. Uh, they beat Dewsbury seventy points to ten. Uh, he seems to be, you know, ripping up trees at Halifax, and it's it's good uh, that he's getting experience there, Paul. He certainly is. But just going back to Matt Southfield as well, I, I think you know this is um, one of the reasons why we need an A team. I think you know every single Super League side needs an A team because you, you know sending guys out on loan, and we've sent people to. North Wales Crusaders and lads have got to Workington, but you know guys like Matt Sarsfield—they're not young kids, are they? They, they? You know, Matt's played at Lee. That's why when you need the A team, I think you know to develop players who are not playing week in week out in the Super League, they're playing regular rugby league, then aren't they? So I think you know that's something for the rugby football league to look at. And I think they are doing from what I've read this week. So, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad he's out on loan. They've got a tough game Halifax this week, and they're playing Batley, so they've got a big derby game there. So he'll be thrown straight in there. So uh, if he can get himself some game time and get up to speed, you never know. He might have a, another chance in the first team at Salford. Yeah. So good luck, at Halifax, Matt, and come back stronger, fitter, faster. And we'll see you in a Salford red shirt in a, in a month's time or so. Uh, next news, uh, Magic Weekend tickets. There's more now available. Uh, Ryan, we've sold loads. Uh, it's a good following going up to Newcastle to watch Salford. Yeah, brilliant. And it's really encouraging because I think, uh, you know, apart from the Manchester ones, we've not really took a great deal of fans up to the, the Magic Weekends. But, you know, it's quite encouraging to see that we've sold, you know, two pieces of allocation, which is really good. And, you know, if anyone's listening to this and hasn't been to the Magic Weekend, I, I seriously advise you to go. It's a great week. I think, again, it's another thing that Rugby League has, which we should definitely keep hold to. And uh, it's a really good atmosphere and it's good how all the clubs come together. It's quite a unique event. I don't think anyone else does it in other sports. So uh, not a professional level anyway, but it really is a good weekend. And, you know, if you can get there, make sure you do. Yeah, it's going to be a good uh, day on that Saturday. We take on Widness. You've got one and two who face Castleford and, and Wigan and Leeds as, as the final game. You know, it's a, it's a carnival of, of rugby league, Paul. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure there'll be loads of Reds up there enjoying it. Yeah, definitely. And it, it, I got my ticket the other week when we uh, our last home game against OKR, twelve pound fifty for the ticket. I mean, you're getting to see three matches, and I mean, we've got, we've got Witness, then you've got the Leeds and Wigan, which will be a good game, and then Casper and Warrington. So they've got potential there to be in really three really good games. But I mean, twelve and a half quid to watch Salford's a, a good deal, but to watch three games in a brilliant stadium. I mean, St James's Park's a fantastic stadium. It's one of the best stadiums I've been to. So, uh, so yeah, and it's a great day out as well. You know get the family up there and that and you have a few beers as well but obviously the most important thing is you win the game and get your two points but for £12.50 £12. I think the rugby league's uh, you know it's, it's value for money definitely yeah um, and another, another bit of news the Salford Red Devils Foundation has, has received the highest possible grade for the, their youth development programme uh, this week Ryan after obviously you know last season we had a bit of a, of a problem uh, with our low score but it seems like the uh, the youth development is on the up and they've got the maximum score now Yes, yeah, it's, uh, it's a great bit of news that because I was really disappointed last year. And I was quite surprised actually to see that we got such a bad grading because you know we've had some good players, you know Niall, Mark, Steve, Theo all come through, but you know uh, that's you know massive bonus for the club. Um, you know Gareth Carvel's been doing a great job. You know Ed Farish. Uh, I went to the fans meeting as as you did, Rob, um, and it was pretty disappointing. I was I was absolutely you know, exasperated to hear that the RFL took funding off our academy, quite a large amount as well. So, you know, if they've got that back, you know, I think they should, you know, give themselves a massive pat on the back and, you know, I think they've done a great job there. Yeah, uh, the club have received outstanding accreditation for their work in the Embed the Pathway programme and the new Rising Stars scheme, Paul. Uh, you know, it's very, very good that, you know, we're, we're going to try to attract the youth 
um, of the you know the youth of the city and hopefully directing them into rugby league. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we've got a lot of um, sort of amateur sides in the area, haven't we? And you know, if you just go out, out of Salford, you know, you've got like, all the amateur sides in Wigan, all of Lee, all the surrounding areas, Oldham. There's a hotbed of, of the game around this area, isn't there? And if you could tap into that and pinch them youngsters before other teams get hold of them, that's that's what sort of Wigan did, wasn't it? In the eighties and the nineties, they they get all the talent, wouldn't they? You know, before anybody else was. And if we can attract them them youngsters and get them into our academy and get them coming through there it could be only be good and just uh, going back to the likes of Mark Steed and Theo I mean I watched the St. Helens and Hull game on uh, on Sunday and how well did Mark Steed play and I mean it's just a shame that, that you know he couldn't have um, stayed at Salford and, and progressed his career there but uh, you know that's that's in the past now but it's great to see them running around in Super League yeah and also they've got a game uh, on is it tomorrow against uh, Warrington Warrington AJ tomorrow Bell. yeah 7 o'clock yeah tomorrow night Get yourselves down there if you can and support the uh, the youth. Uh, we've got an interview uh, with them uh, next week. We're going to talk all about all about this and you know the plans they've got for the future. It's so much to look forward to. That Paul, I think it'd be great to have a listen and see what they've got to say. Yeah, definitely. And if you can get down there tomorrow night, they're playing some good stuff. You know, they're uh, sort of mid table at the moment, the under 19s, and you know against Warrington, it's going to be a tough game for them. But if you can get down there, they're playing some exciting rugby, and there's some good young lads there. I mean, we've seen the likes of Jake Bibby this season and. Uh, Matty Wilkinson, you know, in the, the odd game playing for the first team. Josh Wood as well. So, I mean, yeah, get down and watch them and get, get behind them. Yeah, we've got Saints this Friday. Tickets still available. 22.50 for adults, uh, Ryan. You know, difficult game set, Ellens, but I'm sure they're not in a, a great run of form at the moment. After last uh, week's defeat at Hull, I'm sure, you know, fans will be looking at it thinking, you know, we could have a chance of going down and winning. Yeah, especially, you know, after we, we battered them. Uh, in our open home game of the season on Sky. Uh, I think this has got the makings of a really interesting game, actually. Um, obviously, both teams last weekend had really disappointing Challenge Cup results. So, you know, Saints will be, uh, they'll be wanting to put things right. You know, in our first home game of the season this year, we absolutely battered them. So, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a good game and hopefully we'll take a few fans. So, our repeal is coming up shortly. The decision on it anyway. Uh, and Marwan Kukash has tweeted... Uh, this afternoon, we have asked the RFL to consider appointing Sports Resolutions UK to hear our appeal to our independent from Salford and the RFL. Um, it's a, a med, med, men, med, oh, meditation. No, it isn't. Men, men. Okay, it seems like it's a kind of a arbitration committee that looks at you know sporting disputes, Paul. You know, it's something that Marwan wants. He wants an independent look at what's going on. Yeah, easy for you to say, arbitration committee, isn't it? Uh, well, I didn't ask me that one. Um, I thought, to be honest with you, I thought the first um, panel that we had were independent anyway, so I don't really know there, but, you know, if um, they are independent and they're going to get us these points back, then, yeah, I'm all for it, but we just need to keep our ears out now, don't we, and find out when the date is going to be for the for the hearing, because the two-week deadline's passed, and I want it to all presume, you know, according to what Marwan's tweeted tonight, we, have appeal, we are going to lodge an appeal, so... You know, fingers crossed. Let's see what happens. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting time, uh, Ryan. Obviously, he wants you know a clean set of eyes on it, and obviously, it's, it's been built up into this big thing now. Um, it's like him against the RFL, and you know, it, it'd be good if we do get a result. It could be a you know a game changer for the sport, really. Yeah, it could, and you know, something needs to change with the RFL. They're just not good enough, are they? Let's be honest. Um, yeah, we just. The sport's moved on. There's people there that shouldn't be there. There's people there that have been too long. They're so old school, it's unbelievable. They haven't got a business head on them. Frankly, some of the you know sponsorship deals that have gone through in the past have been a sheer embarrassment to the sport. So for me, 
they need new people at the RFL, new people are in the game. You know, for me, this could be a good thing for the whole sport. Yeah, so we'll have to wait and see how, how that goes. Uh, I'm sure when the result comes out, we'll be talking all about it on, on, the, on that week's podcast. Cool. So what we'll do now, we'll talk about our Challenge Cup defeat against Catford on Saturday. You're listening to Devil in the Detail and this is your Big Match Review. So, defeat against Castleford in the Challenge Cup. 32 points to 18, knocking us out. Paul, you know, it was a massive build-up to the game. Everyone was up for it and it just deflated us in the end. It was a massive build-up and I don't think waking up on Saturday morning, I've not been as confident going to a match for, for a long time. And um, when I saw it, when I got there and I was having a chat with a few lads outside the pub and one of my mates showed me the team sheet and I looked at Castleford's playing roster for the day and I, I was even more confident. I thought, blimey, they've got no half-backs playing. And, you know, the start we had to the game as well, we had a great start, but, you know, things just seemed to go wrong from there, really. Yeah, Salford started with Gareth O'Brien at full-back, Justin Carney, Junior Sal, Josh Jones, Daniel Vidert, his debut... Uh, for Salford, Robert Louis, Michael Dobson, Craig Copjack, Phil Joseph at hooker, George Griffin, Ben Murdoch at Masalo, Wellaraki, and Mark Flanagan at loose forward. On the bench for Salford was Jordan Warren, Adam Warren, Ollie Krinicki, and Niall Evels. Uh, we'll start with uh, Vido on, on the wing, Ryan. Um, you know, debut for Salford looked quite solid, but he's been out for a while and he was, uh, you know, it showed, you know, glimpses of, of farm. Yeah, you know, it's good to see him inside, first of all, because, you know, it's been a, a long-awaited debut, hasn't it? Uh, he saw his peck uh, before he came over to the UK, so that was a bit disappointing. But, you know, he's a big guy, and I think he'll be a big player for us uh, in the future. But I just want to see him get a bit fitter, and hopefully we'll see the best of Daniel Vito. Yeah, um, you know, obviously with Logan Tompkins and Tommy Lee both injured, Phil Joseph in the hooking role, Paul. You know, it was a you know a surprise for 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 a few. Um, you know, for me, you know, he looked at the path for five minutes. He did do, yeah, but he just didn't have, give us that zip from from dummy half. You know what sort of Logan Tompkins gives you and uh, and Tommy Lee, and I thought maybe Matty Wilkinson would as well. He was sort of you know one dimensional really. His, his passing was good, his distribution was good, but he, we didn't have that sort of zip. You know, they had you know Paul McShane there running from Adam Milner as well. So they they seemed to me to have a bit more goal forward. I mean. You know, Phil Phil works his works his heart out. I mean, I've watched the game again today, and he does. He works hard. He puts the tackling in as well. So you can't really um, have a go at him. He played his game, and he's played at Ucker before. But for me, you know, it's easy to say now, looking back in hindsight, and it was the wrong wrong thing to do. But I just thought, you know, maybe play Matty Wilkinson there. He's he's a young kid in the academy, and sometimes you've got to blood these youngsters. Other other teams do it. They, they throw lads in. And I think it's the, you're never going to know unless you, you do give him a go. And I think it might have been wise to just, just give him a go on Saturday. Yeah, I thought he was, you know, played really well considering he's he's not a natural hooker. I thought we looked quite solid with him uh, defensively. Um, and as when he went off after that first 25 minutes, that's when I thought Casford got, you know, a foothold in the game. Uh, but we'll start with a Salford try, uh, a junior spout, a junior south special effort, Ryan, uh, running from sort of sort of 50 yards, stepping off both feet and going over in the corner. It really was. Uh, we managed to get a quick play of the ball on our left hand side, and you know, junior skipped through. A uh, couple of would-be defenders and, uh, yeah, scored a great try. It was a good opening to the game. He's on absolute fire at the minute, Junior Sal. He really is. Like, he looks so confident and, you know, uh, it was a shame to see him get taken off due to injury. But, you know, he's a big he's a big player for us, Junior. And, uh, you know, this season especially, I think he's been absolutely superb. Yeah. And unfortunately for Salford, 
error from kickoff, Paul. Uh, Dobson sort of jumps out of play and catches the ball, and Castle will take advantage of an air try. It's been a bit of a, a feature for Salford where we score, and then suddenly, you know, a problem occurs, and, and we, you know, give the initiative back to the uh, our opponents. Certainly does. It's happened a few times, hasn't it, this season where we've scored a try and then made an ash or something from a kickoff, whether it be a knock on or or a mistake. There, to be honest with you, I thought it was quite unlucky, really, Dobson. I mean. If there hadn't been a video referee there, I mean that'd have just been play on, wouldn't it, and have been a been a penalty. So, but um, I think he just judged it judged it wrong. Will I mean he could have really let that ball go. It was it was a big kick, and, uh, and then obviously he turned in round on the halfway line with the penalty. So little things like that change games sometimes, don't they? And we'll move on to obviously other things in the, the later on in the game which sort of did, went against us as well. But that was disappointing that, especially after that try. And just going back to what Ryan said, it was quick play of the ball from Carney. That was a great try that from Sal. I mean. He shot through that gap there and beat a couple of defenders. And I've been surprised this season about how much pace he's actually got, Junior. So I mean, since he's trimmed down and you know he, he looks a real handful of a centre now. So, but for us to make that mistake from the kickoff, obviously then Cass uh, we're right back in the game, then attacking us. Yeah, uh, but Salford got back on the front foot. A great try, second try of the day uh, for Junior. So a little kick through by Rob Lewis, uh, and we were back in front, Ryan. Yeah, we were, and. Uh... Yeah, it was, it, was a, it was a neat little try. Uh, Robert Louis got a great short kicking game. Uh, I think we scored a lot of his grubbers. We scored one the week before against OKR, and you know, Juni was quickest to pounce on the ball, and we were back in the lead. Yeah, and then Castleford hit back with a try from Webster, kicked to the corner, and then Webster collected the ball and went over. Um, the tide sort of turned in Castleford favour in that in that area. I thought Paul, and um, with a couple of minutes for half time. McShane again, uh, our torment through the whole first half for us, uh, you know, burst the line uh, and uh, set up the cast score uh, just on our time. Well, they did do there, yeah. They got a try on 35 minutes and a try on 37 minutes. And I mean, the first one I thought was a 4 1, really. It was a kick out wide. I mean, we were saying last week when we were in a podcast about how oh, we were going to struggle from these kicks, and, and we did. I thought Castleford played on us with that. And a lot of teams have done that. We've conceded an awful lot of tries this season from kicks, especially ones out wide. and I mean, I know Vido was perhaps a bit green on his debut and that he's not played for a while, but I thought he should have just, just jumped for that, you know, and contested that kick because Solomon palmed it back and it was a soft try to let in that for Webster to score. And then the try after that, the, which McKeegan scored, good break, good hands from Castleford, but Michael Monaran, sorry, not Michael Monaran, Joel Monaran, he seemed to stand in the tackle for, you know, for ages before he offloaded the ball. Why didn't someone just take him down? So two soft tries, really, and to go in... 18-12 down at our time was disappointing really because we'd, we'd bossed you know, long periods of that first half. Yeah, it was a, a bit of a killer blow just on our time round. It does happen quite a lot but you know, we were still in the contest and, you know, it wasn't a game over at that point and you know, the boys, you know, we, we troubled Castleford you know, certainly throughout the first half. Yeah, we did and uh, I think it was we were pretty unfortunate not to be in the lead uh, by half time. I, I felt like we were the better team in the first half but uh, you know, fair play to Castleford. I, I thought I thought they absolutely grafted, um, and they deserved the you know they deserved the win at the end of the day. Yeah, and then the second half, a crucial moment in the game, uh, the second try uh, for Solomona, a kick to the corner, the ball goes loose. McShane picks the ball up, feeds Solomona. Video tries his best to get to get the ball dislodged, but the referee and the video referee Paul give it as a try. Yeah, I thought Daniel Vido did really well there. It was a fantastic tackle over the line. And he, and he did, you could tell, I mean, it's, when you saw it, I saw it on the screen, you know, being at the game, just looking at the teller, it didn't look like he got it down because it, he's, he was never near the ground, really. He sort of rolled over and the ball was always above ground level. 
really. And then when you saw, when I watched it, you know, again on the replay when I got home, it's Silverwood more or less says, I, I, I've got to like um, give a try here because, uh, but you know, I can't, I can't see any, any way I can't give the try, but it just seems strange because he didn't get the ball and even the commentators were saying that. So that, that to me is a bit of a daft rule. I mean, if the referee says he thinks it's a try on the pitch, he should just give a try. Then what he wanted a big screen for. So it's obvious that that video referee, the way they're running at the moment, I don't think it's working. And, you know, that was a big point in the game, that. We was um, 10 points behind again then, so straight after half-time. So Castle had scored three quick tries, you know, in sort of six minutes. That sort of, you know, could have been a game-changer. I think it was. Yeah, the video referee strikes again for us, Ryan. You know, we have these officials, we have this technology, uh, but, you know, you're, you're fighting a losing battle if, if, you know, obviously not using it right. Yeah, Rob, it was the worst decision that I've ever seen by a video referee. You know, he didn't even ground the ball. It's just ridiculous. Um, and I, I honestly think that was the whole downfall of the whole game. I, I just didn't see us coming back after that point. You could see the frustration on people like Michael Dobson, Robert Louis, and, and everybody. And, you know, I think when things like that happen, when decisions like that don't go your way, uh, decisions that are so obvious as well. It must be so frustrating. I know it got me frustrated. Imagine being those players, how competitive they are. It was disgraceful, and that that really, it's it's just like for me, Silverwood should be banned this weekend. That is a terrible, terrible decision, and I probably feel it cost us the game. Yeah. What annoyed me about it was the, obviously they had a few camera angles to choose from, and um, the referee obviously looked through the said, <clears throat> right, okay, well I'll give it as a try, and then sort of ten minutes later. They suddenly find another camera angle that they didn't have access to when the decision was being made, which was a clear shot of him not grounding the ball. I mean, where was that? You know, where was that camera angle when we needed it, Paul? Yeah, we're all just being paranoid, aren't we? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's, I, don't, I don't know. It seems a bit strange. But I mean, I'm not a big fan of the, the video ref because I, I think I don't think it's fair anyway. Because if you've got Super League now, the way Super League is, the, the video refs only at two games. It's a Thursday night game and a Friday game. So how can that be fair? When not every game's got a video ref there, it's, it's an unfair advantage to certain teams, and I just think it's—I think it's a gimmick, and I don't think it works because if you go statistically or go through all the games in the season and have a look through them, how many of them decisions are actually absolutely concrete, hundred percent right? Not, there's always doubt. You'll go to the big screen and they'll give a decision, and half the crowd, you know, we'll be talking about stuff like that. Well, it's not—it's not right. Well, surely it should be, shouldn't it? If we can see it in the crowd, they're getting paid to to make these decisions, so. I think it is. It's, it's really frustrating and I just think they should scrap it because I don't think it works. Yeah, I think obviously Solomon throwing the ball away and all the Casper players jumping and celebrating puts <clears throat> more pressure on the on the video referee and, and the normal referee because obviously they're celebrating try to, they think the game the game stopped. Um, but for me, it's, it's it was a terrible decision and you know really we do need to look at things like that, uh, Ryan. I suppose it puts a lot of wind in the sails of the people who they think there might be an agenda against us from the RFL. Yeah, definitely. I don't, I don't think, to be honest, I think he's just made a simple error, uh, but it was a big one. And I just I just couldn't believe it, really. Like, I've watched it again on telly and you hear Jonathan Davies say, I can't believe, you know, I can't believe he's given it. And I just can't, how could you hell, how the hell can you give a try when you can't see the ball getting grounded? Like, it's just ridiculous. Like, it's just like, honestly, come on. I think um, you can you can sort of, I understand where Silverwood's coming from because he's got to, got to go off that decision what the referee gives, you know, on the pitch. They have to say no try or no try or whatever, don't they? But how's James Child given a try as the on-field decision when he can't see it? Surely he should have said, well, I'm going to say no try. 
it's up to the video ref to prove that it is a try. Not that I'm going to say it is a try. It's up to the video ref to prove it's not a try because he, he can't see anyway. So it just seems a bit of a... It's a sham rule. A weird way of doing it, yeah. It just seems really strange the way they do it, but that's what we believe for you. Yeah, that's the, that was a crucial moment. Cup ties are one of lost moments like that and seems like this one we lost. Um, but Salford got back on the, on the horse and tried to climb back up that mountain. Uh, a try by Robert Louis, you know, Diving over in in, uh, in the corner, Ryan, you know, gave us some hope uh, that we could get back in it. Yeah, definitely. To be fair, we, we were still in the game at that point uh, when Robert Louis went over. Um, yeah, it was a great try, well worked move. I think Robert Louis, that's he's added such a, a different style to our play. He's not scared to take the line on, and he he offloads them. He, he gives the pass so late. Um, so yeah, it was a great try by Robert Louis. And we were back in the game at that point, to be fair. But uh, I still imagine there was a little bit of frustration in the back of the minds from the previous decision because we should have been drawing at that point instead of, you know, four points behind. But hey, the way the world is. Mm. Uh, Castle uh, struck back again. McShane, uh, magic try, Paul. To be honest, you know, he was a Castle player, but you know, he's, he's, he played out of his skin on on Saturday, and you know, wonderful footwork. Teasing the sofa defence and, and going over for a try. Yeah, he's very poor defence, though, Rob. Really poor defence. I thought he bumped a few tackles off them. He's not the biggest of blokes, but one thing I was disappointed with on, on Saturday was was our contact in the tackle. A lot of our tackling was sort of upstairs, you know, round the shoulders, and the Castleford just seemed to bump us off really easily. And, um, you know, that's a worrying thing for me, you know. Uh, we're going to have to get the tackle bags out this week because we know how St. Helens play. They've got some big forwards, like to offload the ball. And Castleford do, they, they like to keep the ball alive. And, you know, I think you've got to give Castleford a lot of credit. I think they had a lot of players missing. You had Luke Dorn missing. They had the halfbacks missing. Andy Lynch missing. Michael Shenton missing. They had, like, the spine of their team was, was out missing on uh, on Saturday. And I thought they wanted the game more than us. And they worked hard and, and they deserved to win. But that, that Max Shane try, I thought, was a disappointing one for me. There's enough defenders round in there to, to stop him. But the lad had a good game, Max Shane. I thought he was the best player on the pitch. Yeah, Sal and O'Brien... Uh, clashed heads uh, and both went off briefly. Uh, Sal didn't come back. O'Brien did. Uh, it looked a heavy knock, and hopefully both you know be fit for for this week. Ryan. Yeah, definitely. Especially Junior Sal. He's been such an important player. Actually, you know Gareth O'Brien has been as well. And I thought for him to come back on the pitch after that collision uh, was heroic. So uh, yeah, hopefully they'll be both back for selection this weekend. Yeah, and then obviously we built the pressure. Then uh, we have uh, four penalties on the Castleford line. Um, and we chanced our arm. Robert Louis threw the ball out uh, to Justin Carney. If he collects that ball and goes over, it's game on. But unfortunately, the ball slipped from his grasp and then our cup dreams went with it. Yeah, I nearly caught that. I was stood right in the corner there where that ball <laughs> flew. It. That ball, I changed hands at half-time and uh, it flew right into the crowd then. To be honest, I thought Robert Louis could have gone on his own there. He sort of opened up for him. It was very similar to the try that he scored. But just watching the replay on the telly, I don't think he would have. I think he would have just got caught. So he did the right thing to throw the ball about. And you know, on another day, that pass, that pass sticks and kind of scores a great try, doesn't he? But you've got to credit Castleford there. Like it was five sets of six on the line, and they they kept us out and they, they tackled really well. So uh, I know. Um, I think uh, Solomon was trying to sign on for us. Though. He was uh, in our line a couple of times, you know, <laughs> looking for the for the interception. I think he got penalised there for it, and then obviously a couple of minutes later, he did he did get one. Yeah, and another opportunity for Salford, a massive bomb, uh, which Catherford fullback let bounce, and Jones was so close, the ball bounces right, gets a Wigan bounce, he collects the ball there, Ryan, and goes over as well, but unfortunately, it spiked up in the air, and Catherford took the ball back up the field, and another chance had gone. 
Yeah, so it's just I just think it was just a bad day at the office, to be honest. You know, everyone has their bad days, teams have bad days, businesses have bad days, and it was just a bad day for the club, really. A lot of things didn't go our way. We had the head clash, we had the decision by the referee, a few bounces of the ball, and sometimes that happens, but, you know, our day will come, so uh, we've just got to be patient, haven't we? Yeah, so we got into a bit of an arm wrestle at that point, and then we like sort of tend to go, we pushed our arm, Dobson tries to pass the ball out wide, but Solomona picks him off and runs 80 metres uh, to score, Paul. You know, it was a brave effort for the boys. The intense level for me wasn't where it should have been, but, you know, Castle for fair play, you know, they deserved the win in the end. They did do, they did do, yeah, and you've got to give them the credit, but, you know, like, just saying, like, about our bad days and that, we always seem to have these bad days in the Challenge Cup, don't we? It's like a competition that we can't seem to be, uh, we can't seem to get to that Wembley final, can we? I really thought we was going to go Goal places this year. It's disappointing. It's disappointing for the supporters because we've waited a long time now, haven't we? You know, 47 years this time now, isn't it? So it's it's a long time since we've, we've been there to, to Wembley. So another 12 months to wait. And I think we've, we've just got to sort of concentrate on this league now, haven't we? And we've got these six points deducted. We've got to get back to winning ways. We've got two massive games now, St. Helens and Widnes. So uh, I think we need to get to four points from these two. Who, who was your man of the match, Ryan? Uh Paul McShane, but for us, uh, Junior Sal, uh, I thought it was great again. Junior Sal, Paul, are you on that Junior Sal bandwagon? I think I'll have to do, mate. I don't think there was there was anybody else that really really stood out for me. I thought Craig Copjack worked hard um, in the first half. He, he took the ball up really well, but I, you know I thought Sal did as well. Sal tackled well. Uh, he looked dangerous with the ball, and there was nobody else that really stood out for me. So I'll probably go with Sal. Yeah, I think I'd go for Justin Carney. I think he took a few. You know, bombs in the corner that that was under immense pressure against his old side, uh, and he you know had some good goal forward as well. Um, I've got the three word match reports from from the listeners. Um, Paul King says the curse continues. His man of the match was <coughs> now um, Chairman Bob. He says Cass deserved the win. His man of the match was McShane for Castleford. Uh, Andy Lancashire no 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 no. He says more Wembley woke, uh, and he hasn't got a man of the match. Um, a, lot, a lot of people were so frustrated that. That the 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 didn't put many of the man of the matches. Uh, Gary Williams, super super rubbish. His man of the match was McShane. I know he's not a red, but he, he certainly turned the game for Castleford. Uh, Rachel Can uh, Carney, uh, Powell masterclass, uh, and her man of the match was South. Yeah, obviously, we talked about uh, you know the tactical decision to put Joseph in at hooker. Uh, Paul, do you think Ian Watson and, and Tunes got it wrong on 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 Saturday? I think Daryl Powell out coached him. I think Daryl Powell outscoached the pair of them on, on Saturday. He got his tactics right. And he's no mug, Daryl Powell. I mean, he's a bit of a moaner sometimes when you're on Sky, but he's no mug as a coach. I mean, if you look at that, Dennis Solomon and the other lad, McKeegan, he had a cracking game for Cass. He signed them both from London Broncos. So they've been into the championship and they've looked at them and he's took a punt on them. And he seems to be, to me, a very good judge of a player, Daryl Powell. And he seems to get the, the best out of... Um, out of players, you know, not sort of fancy players, not big name players, but you know, players that sort of a surplus to requirements at other clubs, and he takes them, takes them on there at Castleford, and, and gets and gets the best out of them. I mean, what, I, I heard one of the stats from from weekend: the last two seasons, Castleford have finished fourth and fifth in the table, and been to Wembley as well. And I mean, that's a fantastic achievement for a club like them, and they're probably spending less money than we are, and we're. Not to down talk us over, but we're dead excited about finishing in the top eight, and then they finish fourth and fifth. So surely, you know that's what we've got to be looking looking towards. So you know, that's after Daryl Powell. I think he's doing a good job. I mean, I'm no lover of Castleford, but that's just uh, just the way I see it at the moment. I suppose with a coach, Ryan, you know, if your decision comes off and 
you know, we win the game. It's a master, it's a master stroke. But obviously, when you get beat, questions get asked, don't they, about how you, you know, why you made the decisions you did. But you know, I suppose you live and learn, and I'm sure we can move on from this. Yeah, we will definitely, and uh, I, I think the players will respond on Saturday against St. Helens. I'm sure they'll be fired up for that. So uh, that Langtree Park's a good ground to go to. But going back to Daryl Powell, yeah, I think he's a fantastic coach. Um, you know, he seems to get the best out of his players, and he's got a decent squad. It's a shame he's got. No, it's a good job they didn't have Luke Gale, Ben Roberts and uh, Luke Dorn because it could have been uh, quite an embarrassment to think they've got them three out and adding Andy Lynch and a few others. You know, uh, they've got a top side, Castleford, when you look at it. And they, I think at the start of the season they were they were saying they, uh, they were having a push for the Super League Grand Final. And I, th- I think they could be capable of that if they get all the players back. Yeah, but I suppose we didn't have our you know hooking department available at all. No Tompkins, uh, no... Uh, no Tompkins, no Lee. You know, I suppose it's a different game altogether if we have them two involved, Paul. Yeah, definitely. It's a big hole out of your team. You're up in it and we're having it with both. It's unlucky. Tompkins got suspended and Tommy Lee's injured. But the, just the thing that worried me a bit really was if you look at the our side, 1-17, to 17, that's more or less our first strength, the first choice side apart from Josh Griffin and, and Tommy Lee. So, we've got most of our players back there and that, that's just what worried me really, with, especially with them having an hooker at uh, seven and a, and a proper six. It was uh, it was just a bit worrying, really. So hopefully we can put things right on uh, on Friday night. This is what Ian Watson had to say after the defeat against Castleford. Can you have any complaints with that? Really, just showed a little bit, maybe a little bit more energy than you. Oh, no, there was good cast. Uh, we was beat by a better team. Where could you sort of sense it start to go wrong for you? We spoke before the game, to be fair. I mean, we started off okay, and then we scored the try, and then we kind of started to crumble from there. But Cass played a real simple game plan and just played too fast for us and probably bullied us, to be fair. Where do you go from here? Oh, We'll have a little look at ourselves um, individually and um, collectively as a group, and then we'll rebuild because we've got to go for the Saints one now, so it's back um, all our focus on Super League, obviously. How much of a worry is that? You just said you feel like you were bullied. How much of a concern is that for you going forward? Yeah, well, hopefully we respond in the right way to that and then we'll see what kind of response we get because um, I know it hurts me and I've, I've not played and so we kind of been dominated that way. We've, we've not been like that all season and that, that was the kind of the group that we had. So we need to rectify that really quickly and prove that we are not that group that gets bullied and gets dominated. Was Danny Vito a risk starting it? No, no, um, he's fine, he's done everything he needs to do, um, he's not going to be match fit um, by any stretch of the imagination, I mean we've, we've seen that today there, he's, he's, he's a bit scrappy, to be fair he's been training with the boys now for the uh, last two weeks and he's been coming on um, and then he's coming, it's, it's just going to take him time to be fair to, to get back to his match sharpness if you like. How's Gareth and Junior? Yeah, Gaz is up and walking around, Junior's got obviously a little bit of a, a bit more serious of a knock should we say because obviously he's going to have to go through the pro <coughs> call now. Whereas Gaz managed to come back out there, he's a t- tough little player, Gaz, to be fair. Um, so he'll be fine, Gaz. Any other injuries? There's a bit of patching up going on in the dressing rooms. Um, we've got a lot anyway, but it's you, you deal with what group you have. There's no point in complaining and moaning about injuries and stuff like that. You have, that's what you have a squad for. So when, when you get him, you get tested. I mean, Cass have done a great job today without, without probably some of their recognised first choice players. Could it be a blessing this guy no, no, I wouldn't say so. I wouldn't say so. We wanted to have a crack at the cup. Um, we kind of let ourselves down on that today. Um, so no, I wouldn't say it's a blessing to see us going out of the cup. The cup means something. It's a special competition, and it only comes around obviously like the, 
to once a year and you want to get one crack at it in every game you play. So no, going out now is a, a big disappointment for us as a group. Yeah, and what we'll do now, uh, we'll get out, we'll have a listen uh, to the interview we've got uh, from Keys, Keys Rugby League's Andy Riley, uh, where he spoke to Wellaraki about his farm uh, and the, the morale in the squad uh, ahead of this week's game against uh, St. Helens. Back after a nice long layoff from injury, but you're yeah. playing well. Yeah, I'm playing all right. I wouldn't say I'm playing well, but um, I'm just still trying to find my feet and get my match fitness back and um, help help the boys out as much as possible. Eh? Yeah, and what's it like spending that much time on the sidelines and not being able to physically do? Um, yeah, it's not it's not the best, um, especially when um, you, you train different times as the boys and you're not really in the in the around that environment well, all the time you just you, you're by yourself and yeah you, you sort of got to um, got to push yourself through it and all the training that you do and uh, you just try and get through it and um, tell all those those little voices that are trying to tell you to quit and, um, just keep on going yeah yeah it's it's, um, it's been a stop start season really for the squad hasn't it yeah some good wins and then some narrow defeats yeah yeah we've, we've talked about it like when when we do win, we we come away with a with a loss the week after, and we we just um, I think the whole team uh, as individuals just need to be um, consistent with their performances and um, yeah just just um, play well every week and uh, that, that's what the good teams do at the moment. All the players doing uh, just playing well and just doing what they need to do to to win games every week. Has this six point deduction affected any of you how is it how are you uh, dealing with all of no, that no we, we talked about it and um we we knew we couldn't do nothing about it once it was uh, done and um we knew we control can control what what happens on the field and um and that that comes down to um how we come to the game and, and perform on the day and um i think um we we know as as a team that if we perform well um we, we, we can win games and, and that's that's all we have to do What's it like working with Tim Sheens? Absolute legend in Yeah, the game, no, he's, um, he's a good good guy to have around the club um, got a lot of experience uh, behind him and um, with him like coaching the players that he does and for the Australian team and that um, you'll be you'll be silly not to go and ask him for advice and um, just stuff like that um, he's even that like putting footier things aside he's, he's, he's a good guy to talk to and if, if you need something to get off your chest or something like that he's he's always good to talk to he's, he's been there and done that so yeah he's, he's been really good for the club so and again it's a bit of a support network when you you did have those little voices in your head yeah, saying yeah. quit yeah yeah no well bloke you go um, to yeah you, you, you try not to get those little voices in your head <laughs> too much but um yeah just just anything really anything in general just just to have a quick talk to him and that he's, he's always um, there to have a talk to how are you finding it back in the squad and getting out there? Um, yeah, it's been good. It's been good. He's um, what he's been throwing me in there. Um, I've been playing it roughly about 60 minutes, and um, so I'm still trying to trying to get my match fitness. I, I know it's not going to happen like straight away, but yeah, um, yeah just more and more um, game time I get, the, the better I'll be. You're looking to inc- uh, looking to bet last year's try tally of five. Oh uh, yeah, well, I have to, <laughs> eh? that was um, that's a bit ridiculous for me, but yeah, it's just um, avoid the old naked run at the end of the yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, just just keeping myself fit and um, 
um, on the field uh, for the rest of the year will be a massive goal for me and I'll be really happy with that. And must be good having your family behind you as well. Yeah, yeah it's, it's always good having family behind you and um, supporting you through uh, whatever you do. And um, be awesome if my my parents could come over soon, <laughs> but um, they, they've been really busy. So, um, but but no, it's always good having um, family support around you. <laughs> who's the Who's the squad joker this year? Squad joker. Um, I don't know. There's 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 probably a couple. There's Gaz O'Brien, he, he he likes to throw his um five cents in every in everyone's business, but then when he when he when he starts getting it from everyone else, he, he sort of wants to back out. But <laughs> so there's him and um I don't know Vito Vito gets smart every now and then and and pulls a few pairings. Um, that's about it really. Yeah. Junior's becoming famous for taking the post-match picks, isn't he? Oh yeah, you know he's he's been on fire, Junes. He's he loves it. Um, it's it's good though. It's good to get um, show all the fans what 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 we get up to. And um, but yeah, Junes has been on fire lately. He's he's been a try scoring machine. You haven't got that real squad mentality. You're all together and working for each other, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, it just showed the boys had a massive uh, pre-season together and. Um, it just showed if you work hard on the field and on pre-season and that um, it, it shows who's going to have you back on the day of when you play and um, but after after that sort of pre-season that, uh, pre-season we had um, yeah like everyone's going to have you back because it was it was pretty tough yeah how did yeah. you find the parish because um, I enjoy, I love being down there and watching everything <laughs> oh no that's alright yeah yeah, because um, you you missed out on the uh, stretcher run, didn't you, with the your injury? Oh yeah, no, I missed out on that. But um, I've been I've been to a couple of um, army camps, but yeah, you don't, you don't really want to go back there. It's um, yeah, sort of this. Uh, Paras are a bit different, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. It's it's bad. Yeah. So looking ahead, you've got uh, Saints this week. Yeah. Team's already beaten them here once. Do you yep. think you'll be able to do the double over there? Yeah. Well, we we do, we know if we play well as a team and do our jobs, everyone from one to seventeen does their job. Um, we know we can beat any team. It's just it's mm. up to us whether we turn up with the right attitude and um, and yeah, just we we need to really get the job done, especially after last week. A few of the boys will be disappointed after um, after their performances and um, including myself and um, there'll be some some boys that wanted to prove um, prove them themselves in the coach yeah. room. And uh, you're looking at a wounded animal aren't you really after the thumping they were given by Hull FC. Yeah yeah well that's what I mean well, and, and especially when we've beaten them here and, and, and the thumping they got uh, it's going to be a tough game Yeah, and we, we know every, every game this year is going to be tough for us because um, just just uh, where we're sitting on the ladder, we we know everyone's going to be out thinking that it's going to be an easy game, but well, that's hopefully that's where we train change the no, mentality. I don't, I don't think that's the case this season. Yeah. It might have been last season, season before, but yeah, yeah. not with the way that uh, you've been putting performances yeah, together. Yeah. Well, yeah, we just we just need to turn up every week, and as I said before, just um, playing consistent and and bringing uh, the right performances. So, well, Araki seems quite happy and confident uh, about Salford and, and the way it's all going, Paul. Yeah, yeah, and it's good to see him back as well. He's been a bit unlucky with the, with injuries, well, hasn't he? So, uh, good to see him back in the side. And he's he's bolstering up our pack. So, uh, 
you know, um, let's just hope he uh, performs again on uh, Friday because he has been progressing slowly back into the team. He's been out for a while, so that's going to take him time to, to get up to uh, full speed. So uh, let's hope he's there on Friday. Yeah, it's good to hear as well, Paul, that, you know, obviously with the, the points deduction, you know, the players are still focused on the job in hand and, you know, they're confident that, the, you know, they're going to regain that, you know, momentum they had previously. Yeah, and that's good. I mean, I listened to one of Ian Watson's interviews and he, he's more or less said, you know, he's leaving that to Marwan and his solicitors and all that. And that's the only thing they can do with that six-point deduction. They can only get on with what's in front of them now, can't they? And take each, I know it's an old cliche, but, you know, take each game as it comes. And you know, we're not a million miles away from that top eight. And if we can go to St. Helens on Friday night, a place we've not won for a long time, we can go and get a result there. We can go into that magic weekend then. You know, we're on first in that magic weekend. So if we, we're the first team and we get a win there, the pressure's on those other teams around us then to, to equal our result. Yeah, and he talks about the jokes in the in the pack. It's great. The the, the morale's high in the, the club and, you know, they're going to, you know, confident in going places, Ryan. Yeah, I think Tim Sheen's had a big influence on that. Uh, he has the reputation of, you know, bringing underperforming sides to winning the NRL titles and, I'm sure he can do the same with us. Um, it's really refreshing this year with the with the team that we've got. It seems like they're all really enjoying their time at Salford, and you know uh, I think everyone's fully aware of you know how decent the lads are. But uh, looking forward to next season, the next the season after that, I just think we need a few more big props. Um, and yeah, as the, the more that they're together, the more they'll understand each other's games, and we will get better. I think next year will be a really good side. But yeah, I would like to see it this year, but I'm, I'm patient. I think we'll do all right under Tim Sheens. And now it's time to look at the results and fixtures for our local amateur sides in Paul's Amateur Review. Yeah, well, here are the, the amateur news and uh, fixtures and results for this week. We start off with the Nationals Conference Premier Premier Roundup as, as normal. We start off in the Premier Division. It was Mayfield 22, Wigan St. Pat's 12. Uh, moving on to Division 2, we had results for a win for uh, Salford City Roosters. They beat Stanley Rangers by 26 points to 18. Got a report from that game as well. Mark Thomas took the Man of the Match award as Salford City Roosters pushed Stanley Rangers to their third defeat in a row. By half time, the Roosters had built up a 22 6 lead and it would be hard for the Rangers to respond, but they gave it a good go. Rangers opened the scoring on three minutes with a Robert Hartley try and Danny Grice conversion, but the home side responded well. Bradley White with two tries, Christian Higgins and Will Rigby all scored as White landed three conversions for their half-time lead. A second Higgins try, two minutes after the restart, edged the Roosters out to 26-6 before a late fight back by the visitors. John Nunn's crossed twice in the seven-minute spell midway through the half, and Grice landed the conversion, but it wasn't going to be enough to take the spoils off Salford City Roosters. That's a good win for the Roosters in, uh, in Division 2. Also in Division 2, Saddleworth Rangers beat Bradford Dudley Hill 32 points to 24. And in Division 3, it was Dewsbury Moor 20, Waterhead Warriors 12 and Ryland Sharks 58, Oldham St Anne's 16. So Saturday the 14th of May, the uh, National Conference fixtures look like this. In the Premier Division, it's Egremont Rangers against Rochdale Mayfield. In Division 2... Hunslet Club Parkside play Salford City Roosters, Saddleworth Rangers play Thornhill Trojans, and Division 3, Oldham St. Anne's play Dewsbury Moor Maroons, and Wollstone Rovers play the Waterhead Warriors. There was no fixture for Salford Red Devils under-19s this week due to the Challenge Cup fixture, but they're back in action on Thursday the 12th of May with a 7 o'clock kickoff at the AJ Bell Stadium when they entertain the Warrington Wolves. 
Well, there was plenty of action in the North West Men's League. We'll start off in the Division 1. It was Hindpool Tigers 14, Folly Lane 12. In Division 2, Blackpool Scorpions 8, Manchester Rangers 50. Bury Broncos 12, Halton Farmworth Hornets 16. Oldham St Anne's A28, Widnes Tigers 18. And Rochdale Mayfield A22, Pilkington Rex A34. In Division 4, Caddy's Ed Rhinos 12, Rochdale Cobras 36. Coolchef Eagles 50, Manchester Rangers A16, Garswood Stags 34, Berry Broncos A16, Little Hulton Reds 72, Bolton Met 6, West Horton Lions 32, Eccleston Lions 36. And in Division 5, the match between Chester Gladiators A and Caddy's Ed Rhinos A was postponed. Leyland Warriors A28, Langworthy Reds 18. And the match between Runcorn and Salford City Roosters A was also postponed. In the Merritt League, it was Blackpool Stanley 26, Littleborough 24. And the Mancunians against Aspel Newspring was postponed. And there was a friendly fixture, Fitton Hill 24, Mancunians 40. So this week's fixtures will be played on Saturday the 14th of May. And we start off in Division 1 where Folly Lane play Charlie Panthers. Division 2, Lee East A play Oldham St Anne's A. Lee Minor Rangers A play Manchester Rangers. Rochdale Mayfield travel to the Leyland Warriors and we've got one more fixture between Widnes Tigers and Berry Broncos, that's in Division 2. Moving on to Division 4 of the North West Men's League, Bolton Mets play West Horton Lions, Berry Broncos A play the Manchester Rangers A, Coolchef Eagles play Little Hulton Reds, Rochdale Cobras play the Garswood Stags and in Division 5, Caddyshead Rhinos A play Oral St James A, Langworthy Reds play Runcorn, Salford City Roosters A play Chester Gladiators A. And there's just two more fixtures in the Merritt League. That's Ince Rosebridge A against Littleborough and the North West Tigers against the Mancunians. I know I do, I just do doing the amateur stuff here, but we had a few international games in the, in the world, world of Rugby League this week. So I'll just give you the results and some news on those games. Papua New Guinea beat Fiji by 24 points to 22. That game was played on Saturday. We had a game between Samoa and Tonga. That was also on Saturday and that finished Samoa 18, Tonga 6. And in the Anzac Test between Australia and New Zealand, the Australians won by 16 points to nil. Tries coming from Darius Boyd, Greg Inglis and Blake Ferguson. So a, a good result there for Australia. I know New Zealand were fancied to win that game, but it finished 16 points to nil to Australia. So that's all the amateur news and fixtures for this week. I'll see you next week. Thanks for that, Paul. So a great blend of international rugby league results and the local sides there. And now what we'll do, we'll do our second part of the Mike Coolen interview. Uh, we'll start where Paul asked Mike how much he enjoyed uh, playing for Salford. I certainly enjoyed playing for It was a great team. Playing in that side yeah, with those players. Team. I mean, it's a bit old thing. Um, I mean, I was chuffed to death that I played as long as I did, and and I met some great people, and uh, I loved to meet great people. Just going back to that, you know, on your appearances, four hundred and sixty-three, we were just working out. You were like third in the all-time appearance makers. That must be something that you're very proud of, because I know a lot of the supporters are. And I think it's a fantastic achievement to have played that many games, and you know, sort of at the top level as well. I mean, playing against some yeah. top sides. I mean, I was felt. And I, and I f- failed to a degree in that I wasn't as good a tackler as I ought to have been. But in all my rugby life, I was always the aggressive one in the sense of getting from here to there and from here being the goalpost, okay, where, yeah. where the tie line is. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
our next question, I think this one's off Maria as well. She said, who was the best player you played with and against? And I think we said Malcolm Reilly was the best player you played against. Yeah. But who was the player, I think we touched on it a bit before, but who was the player that in the Salford side that you looked to, you know, looked up to really, that, you know, he was, he was yeah. pleased to be alongside? Yeah. No question. My, my very good friend who's not with us anymore was Colin Dixon. He was my best pal anyway. And we were inseparable when we were playing rugby. And he was the best ever. I know my, my dad's told me stories about him, how, how good a player he was. And I think we'd all say he was a, a fantastic player. And, he was. Yeah. Uh, Mike Dixon has asked, how did you find it, you know, signing for Salford, a club on the up that was in the spotlight, and how did the players handle the big money tags? Without um, big money tags, I mean, there weren't th- that many as you think there might have been. Mm. What a big money tag is. But... Um, Nothing is ever displayed. We'd, nobody would ever say mm. at all, and, and nobody wanted to know mm. what other people got. Mm. Um, what the I, I sort of heard somewhere. I think it was Peter Smethurst who was playing for Salford at the time, wasn't it? About whether it's true or not. Sort of said, well, when they signed David Watkins, and obviously signed him, it, but it said that uh, Peter Smethurst said, well, you know, he's one of us now. I don't care how much he's cost if he's going to get us. Winning matches Absolutely. and getting winning money and winning trophies. <laughs> I don't care how much he's got, and that that seemed to me. I think be somewhere that Smethurst said. Smethurst uh, was right in his, yeah. in his assertion, no doubt at yeah. all. Nobody else's business, mm. and um, you you make your, you make your choices when you're playing with the propeller to as to if he's any good or better yeah. than you are. The next question was from Rael a bit, and he asked, "How difficult was it to combine a full-time job playing for Salford, you know, working full-time as well?" It wasn't difficult because it was always the case. So um, we're never full-time uh, mm. players. So we we absorbed it. We, we were training Tuesday night and Thursday night, always, uh, whatever the weather be and how dark it is. Mm. It was, you know. Um, I can't say any more than that. Yeah. It's, that's how it is. That's how it was, and you didn't know any different, I suppose, really, no, did you? No, we used to go to Ermston to train, um, which we enjoyed. But with a facility like there, was it good good training there? Good to be training Just there? Just a field. Yeah. Uh, um, with a very small um, two, two team sort of system mm-hmm. um, training, um, changing rooms. Nothing serious, mm. um, nothing very expensive. I wouldn't have thought for the club, which is quite right, because mm. he couldn't afford to, to play or train on on the on the field. Although we did, did used to train on that track uh, early doors, because there had, used to be a big house, which was the office, wasn't it, in the corner? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might not be able to remember this one, but Rise asked us after the. The win at Keithley in 1976, when we won at Keithley, you know, to, to get the championship, there were some rumours on here that um, some players threw the shirts into the crowd, and Rice said that rumour had it that the club went mad and charged all the players for for shirts because you needed them for the for the Premiership for the Premiership games. Is that is that true or no? So you just got fresh shirts for the for the Premiership games then. We might have been wearing the same shirts. Yeah, yeah. And we didn't get games uh, shirts every game. 
uh, Black Midland do it with playing soccer, don't they? No, no. But no, there was no how did it feel to, to win that game at Keithley? What was awesome. it like in the changing rooms awesome. after the game? It must have been some journey coming back over the, the over the Pennines. There wasn't enough beer. That was the only problem. Yeah, yeah. That must have been fantastic. That was. We were just saying the other day that was 40 years ago this week. So I mean, it's the anniversary of it this week. So that's, that's brilliant. It was a great game. Great yeah. Game. Uh, Rise asked another question did I as well. I think you did. I did score yeah. in that one. I think it was 18-10 the think, final I score. I think you and Dicko scored, I'm, oh. I'm pretty sure, yeah. yeah. In the sunshine, I remember. And it was a 10th finish, I believe, as well, wasn't it, to the, to the season. We had to go there and, and win on that, that game yeah, to, yeah. to clinch it, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. feel like the 74. We, we, had we to should have had more beer in there. Yeah. We've just got one final question, really. And it's like you played under sort of several co- different coaches at Salford: uh, Cliff Evans, Les Bettinson, Stan McCormack, Alex Murphy, Mal Aspie, and sort of how did how did the the, the styles of, of the coaches differ? You know, from one to another. Who was like the the coach, the, the best sort of coach you played under, or the worst one if there was one? It's very difficult for a question to answer because you've got your first of all you about. They're all different styles, styles, I suppose, aren't they? Yeah. I've put down the person who was the most dedicated and and did it as better than probably any others of them and that's a schoolmaster that's um, Les Bettinson Les Bettinson Mm. he he came after straight after um, Cliff Evans Cliff Evans yeah, he was a good, good fella and good at his job, both of them, I suppose, as a mm. school teacher. But what was it like playing under Murphy, Alex Murphy? He's known as a bit of a volatile <coughs> sort of character in the in the game. Great player, and you know he's coached a few teams, hasn't he? Done a few. Co- he yeah, wasn't at Salford he's long, a was he? Volatile person in, in, in himself, and mm. you take him to be more than he really was. He was, you know, he, he was, he was a sensible. For lots of times, yeah. but when things went wrong, he he blew a fuse, would it? He gave it what it deserved. Yeah. Um, saying no more for that, Alec. He's a character in himself. How um, did you feel going into to coaching? Because you did a season as player coach and then went on to be coach as well. Is that something you enjoyed? Or I did enjoy. You're right. It was for only one season, and we were good at bits and bad at others, but. Um, um, I got ousted really, as it were. So um, I, I ac- accept that um, I was thirty-eight. So about time I went home to bed. But you, you had a fantastic career at Salford, and it's been it's been amazing. Like speaking to you today, you know, you are you know. I think the word legend gets banded around a lot today, but I think you know, with your appearances and tries and longevity at Salford, I think you are a, a true Salford legend. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. And if you could sum up Salford and your time at Salford in a, in a few words, what would it be? Uh, for me, it was could have done better, should have done better for me and the club, really, because we were better than um, sometimes and we were crap at others. And so, and those people who watched us for long enough will know exactly which ones were. were. Um, I think it's a difference between attitude in terms of area attitude everybody thinks the Welsh play good rugby boom boom everybody thinks St Helens plays good rugby 
and Wigan face good rugby all the time, but they don't. But they, but they might a bit more than Salford, but they don't all the time. And fortunes wane backwards and forwards in all ways, in all walks of life. Well, it's been absolutely fantastic talking to you, Mike. That was Mike Coolman talking to us for for the podcast. Absolute Salford legend. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much, Mike. Cheers. So, what a great interview with Mike Coolman, Paul. You know, such a great player and such a great guy. Yeah, he was a lovely guy. Yeah, I was saying last week when he invited us to his house and brewed up for us and that. And my mum sees him quite a lot, and as does where she works, so uh, she keeps in touch with him. And he still watches Salford as well. So, yeah, played in a great side. It was an absolute privilege to to meet him, and hopefully we're going to see him again, and hopefully going to try and get him to come down to a game soon. Yeah, big thanks for coming on the podcast, Mike, and we'll we'll see you again in in in, in the future. So what we'll do now, we'll uh, we'll talk about the Saints game on Friday night. It's time. For the devil of the details, big match preview. So big game against St. Helens, Ryan, on Friday. Both sides coming off defeats in the Challenge Cup. It's important to get back on that horse and back to winning ways. Absolutely. Uh, I think this is a massive game. Every every game seems to be massive this season. But uh, if we could go to St. Helens and win at Langtree Park, I know it's going to be incredibly difficult. Uh, you know, that'd be huge for our push for the top eight. And uh, we should be going there with a bit of confidence. You know, we absolutely smashed them in our first own game on Sky. So, you know, hopefully we can do the same on Friday. Do you think confident, uh, you think the boys will be confident after victory in the home game early on in the season, Paul? You know, it's it's proof that, we you know, if we get into them, we can win. Yeah, um, I think the confidence has been knocked a bit by the defeat on Saturday, I think. I think that took a bit out of them, but... Hopefully, you know, they can, they can turn that round. I mean, it's a place we've not won for for a long time. So, sometimes in sport, things like that's in the head, isn't it? So, I don't know whether the players are aware of the history and things like that. I mean, I'm sure they are. So, uh, you know, if we go there with the right attitude, there's there's no reason why we can't. Because just, just looking through the team, you know, the St. Ellen side, I mean, and comparing it to our players, you know, some of the players in their positions, you know, we've got players that can match can match them. So, uh, so I don't see, see why we can't. Yeah, and obviously the squad, uh, Logan Tompkins back in the team. Uh, Ryan, you know, he's going to be important on, on, on Saturday, uh, you know, coming back into that hooker role. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it's so important to have a recognised hooker in your side. Uh, you know, they're the ones that dictate the play and, you know, they, they're the ones who choose which way the ball goes. So, uh, I think he's been a good player for us, Logan. We really missed him on uh, on Saturday against Cass. He's, he's not only, you know, got a lot clever in attack, but in his defence as well. I think he puts a lot of hard work in and he's got a good, he communicates well with all the players. So, you know, if we could have if we could have him back on Friday, that'd be a massive boost going into the game. Yeah, Salford's nineteen. He's Justin Cardy, Michael Dobson, Nia Levels, Mark Flanagan, George Griffin, Wellaraki, Josh Jones, Phil Joseph, Craig Kopjack, Ollie Quinnicky, Ryan Lannon, Rob Lewis, Ben Murdoch Masala, Gareth O'Brien, Junior Sal, Logan Tonkins, Daniel Vido, Adam Warren, and Jordan Warren. Paul, you know, it's a, you know, it's a good side, good squad. That Ian Watson's assembled there. Who do you think is going to miss out? I'm not too sure, to be honest. I'm not too sure. I mean, I don't know whether Jordan Moore will miss out this week. I, I don't know, to be honest. Um, you know, with Lannan being back in there, I'd like to see Ryan Lannan back in because I think he's played well. Um, I just fear a bit of a backlash, though, from St. Helens, you know, after getting uh, thumped at home to Hull. And especially after, you know, we we thumped him earlier on in the season, they probably uh, think they always won for that. And I think uh, Kieran Cunningham's under a bit of pressure. I don't think St. Helens are the St. Helens of old, are they, really? I mean, they struggled a bit last season and. You know they are struggling a bit this season, not been very convincing. So uh, you know they could miss out on that, that top four, top six. You know if they're not careful. So the pressure's on them as well. So um, you know they're going to be uh, 
coming out all guns blazing, I think, on, on Friday. So we're going to have to be on our toes right from the kickoff. Yeah, another game uh, for Daniel Bidder uh, as well, Ryan. You know, he's going to be there. Second game in, in the Salford shirt. You know, against St. Helens, you know, they're a good side, Saints, full of quality. Uh, and he's going to have to be in that, you know, show us the farm he showed in Australia uh, to show us what he can do. Yeah, I think he's got a lot to prove, Daniel Vito. Um, uh, from what, from you know, reading his posts on social media, you know, he seems really up for it, and he's really excited to be to be making his first Super League debut. So, you know, I think he'd be a great player for us, Daniel Vito. He's, he's absolutely huge, and uh, you know, when when he's fully fit, he's going to cause defenses a lot of problems. Cool. So, what's your score prediction, Paul? Twenty-seven uh, twenty to Salford. I've had that in my head all week, so there you go. 27 20 Salford. Ryan, what about you? Yeah. I'd never back against Salford, so I'm going to go 31 22. I think I'm going to go Salford 26, St. Ellen 10. I think Salford's going to, uh, you know, they're going to come out firing like they always do early doors. Uh, and obviously, St. Ellen's uh, getting beat in the Challenge Cup, you know, this week. The morale's going to be a bit wobbly, and, and we'll take full advantage of that, Paul. Um, you know, it's been a long time since we beat St. Helens away. Uh, I'm sure you've got you've got some stats you'd like to show us. Uh, I have. I'm well aware of this stat because, you know, it's a stat that my dad's reminded me of since I was about 10 years old. So we haven't won at St. Helens since Saturday the 12th of January 1980, 36 years ago. And we won 18 points to 17. We've tried from Mike Coombe Eric Prescott, Colin Whitfield and four goals from Steve Rule. The drop goal coming from uh, from Kevin Ashcroft, who went on to, to coaches. We actually did the double over Saints that season. Beat them 25-21 at home with a key fielding score and a hat-trick. Another brick in the wall by Pink Floyd was top of the charts. And on that same day, United drew 1-1 with Middlesbrough and City drew 1-1 at home to Spurs. And just another stat there, I was just, just reading in the History of Salford book, actually uh, another famous season where we did a double on Saints was the 1938-39 season. Well, it seems a long time ago. The famous Challenge Cup winning season when we beat St. Helens 37-0 at home and 32-5 away from home. Well, just a couple of other little stats before I bore you to death. Just uh, our, our like, recent record against St. Helens since the, sort of the last game at Knowles the Road. A lot of the scores have been quite similar. I mean, the, Knowles, the last game at Knowles the Road in 2010, we were beating 58-34. I remember that was a really crazy game. And I think the season after we played them at Widnes, when St. Helens had a year away from uh, Knowles the Road while I was waiting for the new ground to be built, was beating 31-6. And in the four previous visits to Langtree Park, we've lost 38-10, 14-10, 32-12 and 32-12. So we lost their 32-12 the last two seasons. So they've been quite similar scorelines, really. I mean, last season was a game that we was in, really, till about 20 minutes ago. We had a lot of ball and uh, a lot of missed opportunity. I think we got the, I think we went 24-0 down last year and got it back to 24-12, I think. And uh, we was really pressing St. Helens. We was unlucky, really, not to get anything out of the game. So St. Helens usually against us sort of start fast and... Uh, that's something we've got to be aware of tomorrow, really. We've got to make sure we start fast and we, we, we get that first score. I think I think that's vital. Yeah, it's massive uh, that we get a good start, Ryan. And um, I'm sure the boys, after hearing about this uh, little voodoo they've got over us since uh, 1980, they'll be you know up for righting a few wrongs. Yeah, I think, I think it's got the makings of a classic, to be honest. Uh, both sides, after last weekend, they've got a lot to prove. And you know, hopefully it'll be nice weather. Uh, they've had some beautiful weather this week to train in. So, uh, yeah, hopefully they've been working hard on the training field. We'll see some good tries and yeah, it's got the makings of a great game. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, looking at other things that happened in, was it January 1980, Paul? January 1980, yeah. yeah. Paul McCartney was jailed in Tokyo for 10 days on possession of marijuana. 
US President Jimmy Carter announced USA boycott of Olympic Games in Moscow. And finally, 175,000 people uh, pay to hear Frank Sinatra sing in a concert in Rio de Janeiro. It was before my time, 1980, anyway, Rob. Not, not, not long before my time, just, just before. Cool. So thanks, for that very, thanks very much for listening to this podcast. Uh, we really enjoyed it. Uh, you can find us on Devil in Detail, SRD on Facebook, at DITD, SRD on Twitter, and you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and RLInternetRadio.com. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.